Welcome to Adventures in Evaluation Podcast with James Coyle and Kylie Hutchinson. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Adventures in Evaluation. My name is James Coyle, and I am an internal evaluator in a large regional health authority. And my name is Kylie Hutchinson. I'm an external evaluator with my own consulting company. And together we make Adventures in Evaluation podcast. Hi, James. How are you? Not too bad, Kylie. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. Hey, listen, I was just poking around on the podcast website and looking at some of our stats. Did you know we're up to 19,000 hits? That's crazy. It's crazy. We started this last August and uh, we're not even a year and uh, who would have imagined? Yeah. Do you have any sense of where these people are from? I do. Um, first of all, um, because, you know, we all are um, evaluators and, and statisticians or, or pretend to be. Uh, we have uh, those 19,000 hits. They're actually from 16,000. Uh, hundred unique listeners. So obviously what that tells us is that people are coming back for more. They obviously like what they're hearing in the podcasts and they're listening to us over and over again. Um, and then the second thing that I found really, really surprising that 71% of our listeners are from the US and only 2% are from Canada. Oh, the shame, the shame. <laughs> Well, we we're going to change that at least maybe a little bit today. We've yeah. got a, we've got a Canadian guest today. That's true. We do. And um, Jane, why not? Uh, James, did you want to introduce Jane? Well, I think you just did. Jane, why not? Of Jane, why not? And Associates has uh, actually become a very good friend. Uh, she is an evaluation consultant who uh, lives in Canada, in our nation's capital of Ottawa. And uh, we have Jane on the line. Good morning, Jane. Good morning, guys. How are you? Excellent. Are you are you a listener of, of our podcast? Please say yes. We, we need- <laughs> you know what? I have to admit, I took a break from about January through to March, and then recently I've just started picking them up again. Oh, that's so. I'm just I'm just teasing you. That's okay. <laughs> It'll, listen, it- you don't have to tease. I actually think you've done a really good job on them. Jane, we need you to be an early adopter. <laughs> safe. I've already been promoting among friends and colleagues here in the capital. Okay, good. (laughs) Well, we also have some CanCon. Today, we're going to talk about something that's very near and dear to Jane's heart and mine. Don't keep me in suspense, James. It is an online mentorship matching software for evaluators in Canada. Oh, you're kidding. That's cool. Well, we'll see how cool it is because we haven't formally launched it yet, but we're about to. And uh, Jane, Um, Why don't you tell us a bit about uh, the history and then um, how you and I got involved? I'd be delighted. So I think it was, uh, I'm going to take a moment and reflect back because it's been almost four years now that we've been working on this effort. And I think it's safe to say that there were two strong impulses from either sides of the country and uh, one from the Lunch and Learns here in Ottawa and one out in your end of the woods and uh, following the conference in Victoria, that's the CES National, we kind of came together and thought, you know what, if we're both interested in promoting the same sort of ideas and processes to get this thing moving forward, maybe we should join forces. Yeah, exactly. So that was, uh, like you said, that was like three or four years ago. And now we're about to launch a website that's called evaluationmentoringcanada.ca. And we'll put all this information up on our website. But um, Kylie, since you're probably, you're not directly involved in it, you get the chance to ask us lots of questions today. 
Well, uh, first of all, I'm just looking at the website, and it is nice. It's clean and very attractive. And uh, my first question is, how does it work, and what are you trying to accomplish with this? So I guess I'll start. Um, you know, there were a number of us that got together um, that, um, you know, that, that, as Jane said, were interested in trying to address this need for mentoring. Uh, there was an express need. Uh, on the website, you'll see some evidence around uh, the business case and uh, some of the uh, feedback uh, through a survey that, that was done uh, of Canadian evaluators that said, we do want mentoring. We need mentoring. It's not a felt need. It's a real need in our practice. And uh, long story short, um, we can get into some of the features of it, uh, but it's designed to really match individual mentors and individual mentees who for free, there's no charge to use this website, uh, would log in, create a profile. Uh, once they complete the registration, they indicate, um, uh, maybe Jane could talk a bit about this, but the areas of competency uh, that they feel they're strong in and maybe the areas that they'd like some mentorship in. And then the software uh, helps match them up with, uh, helps match mentees up with mentors who uh, have a, you know, a higher degree of competence in a particular uh, competency area. So, Jane, what would be the responsibilities of a mentor who signs on to this site? I think it's a great question, Kylie, because and I think there's one thing that we've heard consistently throughout our pilot testing. It's not just the mentors, but the mentors organizations as well. And, uh, you know, we had done a lot of background research on this in terms of we had done our lit review in terms of doing our due diligence, had researched, had done some gray literature, done some interviews as well, both here in Canada and internationally and to see, you know, in terms of benefits and what it essentially came down to are there are career specific outcomes that both mentors, mentees and organizations can expect and uh, the personal, like the psychosocial benefits as well. So, Jane, can you give me an example of what some of those career-specific outcomes would be and also the psychosocial benefits? Yeah, so, you know what, when we, and I'm going to back up a little bit, because when we had actually done the national survey, and that would have been 2010, sorry, I'm dating myself here, um, we asked mentors, mentees, and those who wanted to participate in both capacities what the, they thought would be in terms of benefits to career. Their feedback, what they wanted input on is specific projects um, in challenging situations, feedback, uh, some visibility around strategy develop and protection. And then the psychosocial supports that really dealt with the friendship, counseling, role modeling, coaching dimensions of it. Yeah, and I, I see here, um, I'm looking at the mentor search function. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because you've based it on the competencies, which we just did a podcast on a little while ago. Yeah, like we had actually struggled a little bit, and I'll be frank about that around, because it, it's sort of like if you think evaluation for lava life and uh, we thought, you know what? I love it. I love yeah. it. We thought, Oh, well, this is one way to engage people. We had probably a pool of around 15 criteria that we had originally started out with. And uh, some of it was based on what we found from the surveys. Some of it was what we had found from the literature reviews. And essentially we came down to, okay, you know what? 
we need something specifically that grounds it to evaluation practice in Canada. And we thought, okay, you know what, what better way to do that than promote the CES competencies? And we thought, okay, let's try a number of these out, specific situations, and run through each of the individual practices. So that was how we arrived at the five. And then we thought, you know what, there's room for one more, because really there's a career-specific evaluation component, I think, that wasn't picked up in the competencies. So that's how we arrived at our search criteria. Thanks to our developer, Drew Bird from ClearPoint Leadership, uh, he's been very good in working with us to get the system up and running to make sure that, you know what, everybody gets what they want from it and that it's a functional piece. Okay, so I'm a mentor and I'm just going through the the form that I would fill out. Now, um, some of the things I find, uh, uh, you've got the competency and then you've got the level of expertise. And I, I'm feeling like, ooh, you know, oh gosh, do I put myself in advanced, an intermediate, an expert? Um, you know, what? Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that process of, of signing up as a mentor? Yeah, sure. And, you know, I'll just say that we designed this site like, you know, uh, for many of us uh, who want to be able to mentor, but who also want to be menteed. And so uh, you can be both. Um, but when you assign, uh, you know, your rating of a level of expertise, as you asked, uh, for any one of those criteria, right? And just as a refresher, I mean, those criteria are the reflective practice, technical practice, situational practice, management, and interpersonal practice. Um, and so when you go through those, uh, plus the career advice, those six, um, beginner is defined right, right above on the registration page. Uh, intermediates defined, advanced, and expert are defined, and and so I won't I won't go into detail about what those look like, um, but I'll say that we're building on existing literature that our friends uh, Stevan and you know Gene King and Garen Minima had done in 2004 to develop uh, a skills and competencies um, self assessment. So we wanted to make sure that the language around what is a beginner. Uh, around developing your awareness and you know maybe you're not even sure what questions to ask you have limited repertoire that there's some consistency around that but we're not really trying to be that prescriptive mm. the key the key here is that if you've identified yourself as a beginner in, in one competency it doesn't mean you're not advanced or expert in another but what we want the software and its algorithm to do is to say okay Kylie says she's let's just say she's uh, an expert in everything and someone is looking... Which she's not. I've been, <clears throat> you know, I put myself as advanced. Okay. Well, me too, right? And, and so yeah. the point is, I think if there's a beginner uh, or someone who's intermediate and they're looking for mentorship in situational or technical practice and we're available to mentor, because that's the other thing, you have to say you're available to mentor in this particular category, um, it'll, it'll suggest, you know, the names of those people that rated themselves higher and said that they can mentor in this. And then what you do is you initiate contact and uh, there's a number of resources that, uh, that you know, perhaps uh, we can talk a bit about that are designed to guide what the, the start of that relationship uh, looks like. Right. I'm looking here on the forum as well and I see that you've got self-declared Aboriginal, Native, Métis, Inuit and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, if Kim Vanderwerd or Andrea Johnson <laughs> sign up here, they're going to be absolutely deluged with requests. And and here's here's a concern of mine. If I sign up here now as, as a mentor, um, 
how do I control, you know, as a very busy evaluator, I really want to give back, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm terrified about a deluge of requests. What do I do about that? You know what, I think it's a great question because, in fact, we know that one of the success factors around a mentoring program, including, although this is the front end in terms of the software, is the availability of mentors. Then we know that, you know what, there will be a greater proportion of mentees to mentors when we first start out. So we're going to urge that, you know what, if you don't succeed at the beginning, I'm like, please keep trying. And and I think your point around being, you know, overloaded is is this, is our advice is that uh, really mentors should only take on the relationships that they can fully commit to. And so as soon as you agree to uh, explore and start a relationship, and you check it out, and if it's not working, you know, we've got some guidance in the resource section around, you know, how to wrap up that relationship. But once you've got a relationship or two, if you're a mentor and you don't want any more, you simply log in and you say, I'm no longer available to mentor. And James and Jane, what kind of, are there any kind of obligations or expectations around hours per week or per month that you would spend with your mentee? You know, one of the things that we found from the research in terms of the survey was mentors may have a varying amount of time from, you know, an hour a week through to about 10 hours a month. And I think that'll change in the situation. And it's possible for mentees in the program, they only want short-term specific advice on a project that they happen to be engaged with that they know has a finite time period. So I think... That's one thing to look at. The other thing is we've set out in some of the resources the opportunity as part of the defining the mentor-mentee relationship around what the expectations are. So that's up for negotiation between the two individuals who have been matched. You know, really and truly, it's up to the, the pair to decide what what are the sort of learning objectives or what, what what's the aim of the relationship. And if, if it's an hour or two a month, um, often I found that an adequate amount of time. Um, you know, the other thing too that, uh, in case it's not obvious, is we created this online platform because we know that there's a lot of skilled mentors and and mentees who want to be matched across a very large country, and a lot of it's going to happen by Skype, by telephone. Uh, it may happen in person if they're close to one another, um, but we really want to. We really want to encourage people to connect across boundaries and barriers. So it's going to be interesting, I think, when we evaluate this to see how much time, you know, to answer some of your questions, Kylie, how much time was enough? Uh, how much time did people need with their, their, their mentors? But make no mistake about it. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned Drew, um, who's been, you know, an excellent resource. He's got uh, experience in organizational development, in mentorship uh, software and, and, and programs in the past and, and other work. He's really, you know, anchored for us, uh, you know, one one key thing in our mind, and that is the success of this really depends on having enough mentors. You're almost sure to have mentees, but if you don't have enough mentors, uh, you're kind of in trouble. And so we've had to think a bit about uh, how we want to attract a, a critical mass of mentors. So, you know, that's an interesting thing you mentioned because... Um, I First of all, I want to say that I long ago benefited greatly from my mentor, Mary Lee Stevenson, CS Resource, shout out for Mary Lee, um, who has been my mentor for as many years as I've been in evaluation and I can't even um, 
remember that now. But um, I still use Mary Lee. So she's got about 20 years on me. She ran a, she ran a, a larger firm than, than me and um, has particular skill in guiding me through sticky situations, situations with clients, you know, financial things. Um, and I will still call her. I've, I've only ever kind of used her on an on a as needed basis. So, you know, when I've got an issue about a budget or a mm-hmm. contract issue or something like that, I'll get on the phone with Mary Lee and I very quickly learned to record our phone conversations because she is so articulate in those kind of awkward situations with clients or whatever um, that I will, st- to this day, I'll, I'll still call her and, you know, she's still there for me whenever I need her. Um, but I wanted to uh, ask a number of questions. First of all, um, I've kind of stumbled into a bit of mentoring myself because I've been finding that it's a great way to find junior staff uh, to kind of test drive some uh, test drive a new young evaluator that maybe you want to bring on to work with you in a subcontracting kind of positions. I don't know if either of you have any comments on that. You know, I'm really glad you surfaced that because, um, you know, that's definitely something that, you know, is beyond what we see as mentorship. Uh, For us, you know, the mentorship um, software, you know, has raised some questions and and some concerns about whether or not, uh, you know, my employee might join this and then get poached by someone else. And that could happen. But really and truly, this is for an authentic mentorship relationship. What we want to encourage is that the focus on the career development and on the competency uh, development of the mentees is, is where the relationship's focused. Now, there's going to be benefits for the mentors, and there's no doubt that uh, some people might uh, end their mentorship uh, relationship, and then you know now they have a new and expanded uh, work relationship, but it's not meant for employee and employer matching. Jane, do you want to comment further? Like I'm going back to Kylie's perspective in that, you know what, we've had the opportunity, I think, through the grapevine to meet some of the newer, younger evaluators. And it's I find a nice balance because some of them have just come fresh from school academic programs and they have a lot more of the technical competencies or more of the recent technical competencies. So... I've had an opportunity to learn from them when I've engaged them, and it's been a good, so I feel like it's been a win-win situation. So not only is there that networking and garnering the younger talent, but I can specifically think of instances in which I've benefited. Not that that makes me lazy for not reading all my journals up to date, but I'm like, they certainly bring forward I know. You don't read? You mean you don't read all of your journals the minute they come in the mail? I have to admit there's still a few in plastic here, but I'm working on it. Jane, you don't even want to know how many of mine are still in plastic. (laughs) They're becoming furniture, like bedroom furniture. It's so high. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that I found, and maybe we can talk about this, because it kind of goes back to the timing a little bit. I think you actually need to actively set aside time to provide both mentor and mentee relationship building environments is the one thing that I found as being a consultant and working for federal government departments is, you know what, if you don't put the time aside, it's not going to happen. Right, right. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I think I really want to take some time to acknowledge how much hard work um, both, you know, Drew Bird 
and and our group have done together. And you know, beyond Jane and I, uh, Natalia Kuziak, Dominique Leonard, Judy Lifshitz, uh, Lisa O'Reilly, Lisa Stiles, and Catherine Radford have all been part of this group. It's me and a cast of women uh, that have tolerated me in my sort of uh, sometimes irritating questions. Um, but we really don't know where it's going to go. I mean, we, we it's interesting to have the program shoe on the other foot as an evaluator. We have a th- general theory of change. Uh, we have, you know, uh, an idea of what we'd like to see happen. So another question for you. Does this... Um would somebody from outside of Canada be able to uh, sign up as well? Or is it just limited to Canada right now? You know, that's a decision we had to kind of make. And, uh, and at, at this point, um, you know, we're limiting ourselves to focusing on Canadian mentees. Um, and we'd sure like to have a lot of uh, mentors from Canada who are evaluators. But we're also willing to take evaluators from abroad who are prepared to mentor if they want to, you know, participate in the program. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, you know, many of the Canadian Evaluation Society chapters uh, across Canada have uh, generously donated uh, a little bit of money that is really helping us cover off on our software development costs. And so, you know, there's a, there's a sense of loyalty and uh, interest to um, uh, support our Canadian uh, environment. But I can tell you... Uh, fielded a call just last week. Uh, there's a lot of interest from our, um, you know, colleagues in the American Evaluation Association. And this, there's no reason that down the road that a software like this couldn't be something that would be used elsewhere or be used more broadly. Yeah, I really, um, I could, I mean, I see the, the, the uniqueness, the advantage of the Canadian perspective, particularly with our really heavy focus on federal evaluation, which is an animal unto itself. But I could see other um, organizations in South Africa and Australia and Europe definitely picking up on this model. Yeah, and and that's part of what we just we don't know. And so I'm going to be excited to see where it goes. I mean, if Michael Compatton calls and says, hey, can I be a mentor on your site? I mean, am I going to turn him down? No way. <laughs> of course not. That'd be crazy. And, and and yet another episode goes by with MQP being mentioned. <laughs> so, you know, um, what's actually got me really excited about this, so obviously I'm going to sign up as a mentor, um, but, you know, a, a new field for me is um, monitoring and evaluation in a developing country context. And so uh, I'm probably going to put in a, a mentor search request for, for that area. So that's got me really excited. Um, guys, when are you expecting this to be launched? We had a bit of a process in terms of we had pilot launched early in the new year this year, January, February, and we seriously considered all the comments and feedback that we got from everyone. Spent a little bit of time making those suggested changes where we could, where it was fiscally possible. And uh, we've developed our communications, we're ready to go, and uh, essentially before Toronto launches, we're keeping our fingers crossed that everything is live and open to everyone. Yeah, so by the time this podcast comes out, hopefully it will have been launched, and we're going to do that in a couple of ways. Um, We're going to send out, uh, you know, our email uh, to uh, all of the credentialed evaluators in Canada who have uh, generously provided their email on the CES website. I think, Kylie, you're on there. And, you know, our appeal there for that group is is a, a couple things. First is they've been identified or recognized as competent evaluators, right? They've got their credentialed evaluation status. 
But one of the benefits of them considering uh, at least mentoring is that they'll be able to record some of the time they provide mentorship uh, towards maintaining their credentialed evaluation status. Oh, that's awesome. Great right? So I think news. it's 15 hours of mentorship would qualify for, I think it's 15 out of the 45 hours or so that we each need to um, uh, record every few years. Oh, fabulous. That's great. Yeah. And then the other group is really the, uh, the leadership and communication staff from each of the chapters. We need to appeal to them uh, to say, hey, listen, uh, thanks for investing a little bit in, in this. Uh, we would really like it if you shared this with your chapter uh, and, and all of its members. You know, we don't have access to all of their emails, so we're kind of counting on them to do that. Wow, great. Yeah. That's great news. Well, um, I will certainly do my best to uh, promote it at the upcoming CES conference, guys. And you've done some fabulous work, and I've just been kind of playing around with it as we've been chatting, and it's it's really excellent, and I'm I'm looking forward to being involved with it. So I just want to congratulate you because I know this was all volunteer work for you, and so way to go. It's a nice little tool. Yeah, you know, I, and just on that note, if I can, I appreciate the chance to use our podcast, Kylie, to, um, you know, to riff a bit on this. One of the things I hadn't expected was to form um, such meaningful friendships as I have, but it's been a labor of love. James, thank you. I'm like, it's actually been a pleasure. And I think, you know, in transitioning, because a number of the members who came from the mentoring working group and had worked and bridged across our country to connect with James and Lisa O'Reilly, who were out there on the West Coast. Um, we've also carried forward some of the relationships here in the national capital. So it's been a real privilege. Well, and the weirdest thing is, I think I've only met all of you once when we were in Edmonton. <laughs> you know, it was, it was very, very, uh, very, very odd. We've only met once. Many of you know each other in Ottawa, but um, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, everybody again soon. And Kylie, appreciate uh, your uh, beta testing of our software and yeah. uh, your ongoing interest in this initiative. Yeah. Well, listen, thanks, guys. Thanks very much, Jane and uh, and James. And uh, I guess, James, do you want to wrap things up for everyone who's got to go back to work? You bet. So, everybody, thanks so much for continuing to listen to our podcast. Um, you can always contact us with your uh, recommendations, uh, your protests, uh, or your advice uh, by emailing us at adventuresinevaluationpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website, adventuresandevaluation.podbean.com, and leave us a message about any uh, or all uh, episodes. Excellent. All right. Well, Jane and James, have a great week in evaluation, and we'll see you again soon. We'll see you in Toronto. Thank you very much. Thanks, All right. Everyone. Look forward to it. Bye. 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 Bye.